Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. to the book of Nehemiah if you have your Bibles and of course the scripture will be on the on the screen. We're going to stay in chapter 1. I don't want this to be a too much on this side but I want to give a little bit of background for, for Nehemiah where we're at so I'm going to just pause before I jump into the message part just kind of help us out. The book of Nehemiah is at the end of the historical books of the of the Old Testament, and so just laying out some foundation, and we realize when we look at the Old Testament, it, it's not a chronological order of the history of, of Israel, and so this is important to you. As some of you maybe are new believers, and and we'll do this in more depth in some classes, like on a, on a Wednesday night, uh, understanding the Word of God. But the Old Testament basically there's there's five parts. There's uh, there's the book of Moses, um, the first five books of the Bible, and and, and then we have some historical books that are there and, and that's where Nehemiah falls in and and Nehemiah and Ezra um and in the book of Esther are at the end of uh, the Babylonian captivity when when Israel was taken into captivity so you have the history and then you got the poetic books and and then at the end of the new T- or old testament you got the uh, the prophets and they're broken into two components you got the major prophets and minor prophets and I'm laying that out because some people may have never even heard of that before how is the old testament laid out it's important for you to know because when you're reading the Bible sometimes, you're like, wait a minute, when is this taking place? And how is this happening? Because if you're trying to read the Old Testament and you're thinking it's in chronological order, you're going to be all confused. And so you've got to understand how the Bible is put together. So in this, Nehemiah, the, the, what we're looking at, Nehemiah is not a prophet. How many knows that God can use people who are not prophets and, and priests? Uh, he can use people who have a servant heart. And that's what we want to pull out of this this morning. Nehemiah was a servant to a, uh, to a Persian king. And how they got there is because Israel, the, the people of God, were taken into captivity. But God said, right, I'm going to keep you in that captivity for how many years? Uh, 70 years and I'm going to let you out. I have a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got good things in store for you. So after the, the captivity, we see that Nehemiah, uh, we'll get into this. The book of Ezra is where right before Nehemiah is the, the return of some to, uh, to Israel. Nehemiah is going to be moved on to help with the rebuilding of the walls in Israel. And we'll see this picture, but Nehemiah had a heart for God and he had a heart for people. And that's what we're going to see out of this this morning. So I hope that little uh, uh, snippet just helps you understand where Nehemiah is in the in the Old Testament and where we're in the context today. This is at, because we talk a lot about the prophets and that there's this judgment coming. The judgment came. They went into exile. They were taken into captivity. And now we're seeing the people of God moved on after they've been released. How many knows that God has a plan? Amen. 
So as you're taking notes this morning, again, if you want one of the, the binders, uh, uh, they're, they're $5 to help you keep your, uh, your binder. If Christina will stand up, hold your binder up. She's make it personal. Look at this. She's got stickers all over it. If you need stickers for your binder, see Christina after church. I know she brought some with her probably to, to share. And, uh, and, she, and I love that because on Wednesday nights, I want you to bring these back. Bring them even on Tuesday, uh, to prayer meeting because at the beginning of our, our time together after we worship on, on Wednesday nights, not this Wednesday is going to be a different night, but on our normal Wednesday nights, we'll have a time of worship and then we'll rewind just a little bit on what God was doing on Sunday. What was a God moment? What did God do? Was it in the, in the, in the, uh, worship part and the message and the altar service? What was God doing for us? What he did for you? We want to hear some of those things. We reflect a little bit on the message. What did you get out of it? What is something God is saying? Is it important to talk about what God is saying to us? And, and so we want to pull this out. And, and so it's important if you, you know, can take some notes. To, and write something down. If something hits you, write it down because I guarantee you, you'll forget later on. I, I, I do that all the time. I'm thinking, oh, I'll, I'll not forget that. What was so important? It was, I don't remember. So write it down and then share it because God wants us to share these things together. So I'm going to walk through this, this thought about fasting this morning. And I'm, I'm praying that if, if you haven't jumped into the fast yet, that this will move on to you and even look into the serious, how serious am I taking for these, for the beginning of this year. Nehemiah chapter one, starting this verse one, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to the, the pass in the month of uh, Kislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan the, in the citadel. This is again the context. This is a, he's under a Persian king. This is in a Persian context. And here's another little uh, uh, tidbit of what was going on. Babylonian is, uh, Babylonia is what took over uh, the people of Israel, right? And in the course of when, in those 70 years, the Persian empire took over the Babylonian empire. So this is now where we're at. And that had to happen so God could use the Persian king to be able to bless the people of Israel. God has a plan. Amen. We may not understand everything. Why is it going this way? Why is it going that way? And, and this, evil empire the babylonians were taken over by the persians and and god had a control and had a plan in that and so this is where we're at under the persian empire uh, the people of israel are going to be blessed and be released back to jerusalem and it says that han and i one of my brethren came with me from judah and i asked them concerning the jews who had escaped had got set free from that babylonian exile who had survived their captivity and concerning jerusalem Look at verse 3. And he said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is also broken down and the gates are burned with fire. Remember, they were taken captive. And and so the the Babylonians, they came and plundered and and they came and destroyed Jerusalem. And so now after the seven years, some of them are going back home and they find the place in disarray. They they find the walls are torn down, the, the gates. Were burned. Uh, this beautiful city had been destroyed because the the enemy came in, and the enemy came in. You got to understand this: the enemy came in because the people of God weren't committed to God. They weren't following Him completely. This is why you have to understand the, the context of the Old Testament. The, the prophets were given these warnings. God was warning, "I don't want this to happen, but this is what's going to happen if you don't turn back to Me, and, and if you don't keep your eyes on Me, you've got to hold on to My command." 
commandments. And, and so this is the consequences. They go back. God had a plan for them to go back. They go back, but he, they find the, the place destroyed. And here's what happens to Nehemiah. He begins, and here's where your thought is for, the, for this first one. Fasting brings concern for the captive. So it was, verse 4. When I heard the, these words, I sat down and I wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He began to fast and pray because he had compassion and concern for those that were captive. Uh, even though that they were released, there was still a concern for them. Uh, because uh, they weren't still in a, uh, the, the Babylonian bondage, uh, they would have been set free from that. But they were still captive in a sense because they didn't have the, the freedom the worship of the temple, the temple was destroyed. They didn't have some of the things that they were still bound up. They needed help. They were in distress. They were in mourning. They needed a message of hope. How many knows that God will always give a message of hope? And so fasting brings concern for the captive. As we begin to fast this week, again, as you're still pressing in, how many knows that there's some of your family members that have been held captive by the enemy? And I'm praying, Lord, in this time of fasting, move on my heart because I have concern for the captive. I, I have a concern for those that have been bound up by sin. I, I have a concern for those that the enemy has changed uh, just wrapped around. Them. We sing about chains being released this morning. I want to see that fulfilled in your family's lives. I, I want to see that for your children and for your grandchildren. I want to see that for your aunts and your uncles and your mothers and your fathers and your, your grandparents who don't know the Lord. Because if you're not walking with God, you're bound up by something. Uh, you're bound up in chains. And God God wants to set them free, but it happens when there's a people who are praying with compassion and that compassion is stirred, that passion is ignited when we begin to fast. And, and so when you fast this week, it's not just about you. You're not just doing it. You're giving up something for somebody else. Uh, didn't Jesus give up something for you? He left the throne room of heaven to come down to this earth to, to become wrapped in the flesh that we walk in and to know our intent, our, our, our things that we go through, to know our temptations, but he might be the ultimate sacrifice to give us strength, to give us power. And so he gave up heaven to come down to be with us. We need to give up some food so someone can find heaven. Amen. Help us, O Lord, in this time of fasting. Fasting moves on our hearts for the captive. Verse five, fasting brings concern for the commandments. This is what Nehemiah says. He says, I prayed, Lord God of heaven. Oh, great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Can I let you know that God will never, God will never fail on his side of the commitment. He will never break his side of our covenant. He will never renege on us. He is a faithful God. He is, he keeps his covenant with mercy to those what? Who love and observe your commandments. Who love and observe your commandments. He'll, when we begin to fast, it begins to help us, remind us of the commandments that God has given us. For us in the New Testament, the commandments that we really hold on to, Jesus said it himself that all the commandments hand on these two things, these two new commandments. This is what you need to focus on. Love God. With all of your heart, with all of your mind, your whole being, right? 
everything that's within you. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love everyone like you're supposed to. Fasting will ignite that in you. You will have a different eye of compassion. Uh, uh, Fasting doesn't make you more critical. Fasting makes you more compassionate. Now, if you're fasting in the right way uh, and you're thinking about God and you're not doing it the wrong way, how many knows you can fast and still miss the whole thing? I gave up this. I, I gave up food. But if you don't replace it with something, right? That's the idea. You've got to replace it with something. Replace it with prayer. Replace it with meditation on, on God. Re- replace it with the, uh, this, uh, this, this thought, God, I, I, I need you here. And I, I need you, oh God, to, to help me in this, in this time. Glory to your name. Fasting brings concerns for confessions. Verse six. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open. That you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. He, he, he's bringing this confession in your time of, of fasting these, these 21 days and, and, and definitely this week, I, I'm praying that this time of fashion may bring confession from you. God, I, I fell short here. Uh, my, my heart wasn't in it there. Uh, my, my attitude wasn't right there. And so the, the God wants to move on us. He, he wants us to, to know. He wants to help us in this time of, of fasting to, that it brings a, a concern for confessing. I, I want to confess to God this week, uh, not just to, to say, Oh, I'm so low and down he wants to lift us up amen but there's needed to be something that takes place i need to be sensitive to what god is doing lord help me oh god during this time of fasting to be able to be willing to confess to you and and it may be publicly it may be in private but lord let my heart be open to you during this time nehemiah recognizes what was going on he's seeing this after they were released from the the captivity of how they got there he says it we got there because we failed God. We got there because we weren't following God. We got there because we forgot the commandments of God and he began to confess for the nation. Go God, we pray right now. We confess for our nation. Lord, we have fallen short. We have left your commandments. We have brought in things. We have brought in idols and we are not following you. This was a nation that was birthed to praise you and God, we want to stand up again and say there's a remnant here in the United States that will not relinquish anything to the enemy, but we're going to hold fast and hold strong. We're going to proclaim the name of God, Jehovah. He is our provider. We're going to pray, proclaim the name of Jesus. There is no other name. There is no other name which anyone can be saved. We believe that we have to repent and we have to confess to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that he wants to redeem us. He wants to set us free. There's no name other than Jesus' name that demons are going to bow down to, but at the name of Jesus, they will bow down and they will perform as we profess, he is a Lord of Lords. He's a King of Kings. Amen. So confession comes out of fasting. Nehemiah began to be- declare for them. Fasting brings confirms conf- confession. In verse seven, I want you to hear this. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statues, nor the ordinance, which you commanded your servant Moses. Here we have Nehemiah. Referring to the commandments that God gave Moses, which is about 900 years earlier. 
How many knows that we think things wear off after a long time, but the commandments of God don't lose its power. The commandments of God are not to be forsaken just because a few years have passed. Uh, the commandments of, of Moses were there for the people of Israel 900 years later, and they fell short of God's blessing and favor because they forgot the commandments. But when they turned their heart back to him, he says, I want to give you favor. I want to give you blessing. So you've got to keep your eyes on, on Jesus Christ. Can I let you know right now that the Bible that we hold is not irrelevant for 2023? We need the word of God, the Old Testament and the New Testament, rightly divided. Uh, we're not going to go to Old Testament testament covenant because the one came to fulfill the covenant jesus christ but we have to also follow him he still says we need to love god with all our heart and love our neighbors as ourselves if we're not doing those things it's because we're not walking out the word of god the word of god tells us how we are to interact with one another the word of god tells us how we're supposed to walk on this path here on this journey of life we're on right now the word of god tells us how we're supposed to worship how we're supposed to give how we're supposed to fast how we're supposed to pray for those who are lost how we're supposed to follow after god if you don't know how to follow you're not reading the word pick up the word this year let the word be alive in you the word is sharper than any two-edged sword that's what's piercing to the very depths of our heart and soul lord help us oh god we confess to you our shortcomings fasting brings concern for warnings verse 8 Fasting brings concern for the warnings. He says, remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. Nehemiah is remembering what God said. I will bless you if you're faithful, but if you stay unfaithful, I'm going to scatter you. And guess what God did? He kept his word. Now I want to let you know he's going to keep his word again because again, we look at the Old Testament, look at the context, you look at the Old Testament, the prophets were there saying, there's going to be a day of the Lord. If you don't turn your heart to him, if you don't follow him, there's going to be a day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord was a day of judgment to separate and scatter the people. But I'm looking for the day of the Lord now. There's also a promise that he's going to keep. He says, I'm coming back for a people that are looking for me, a, a people who have surrendered their hearts to me, a people who are walking after me. Those who love the word and love me, love God and love one another. I'm coming back to take them home to heaven because the place where you are right now, this is a temporary home. This is just a, this is just a, a vacation right now. We're going to go to heaven where we're really going to be in the presence of God. This is not our, our long-term home. This is just temporary. God, I'm looking forward to be with you in heaven above. Lord, help us. He's going to keep his word. He's going to come back again. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant. He's faithful. Verse 9, fasting brings hope for the shift. Yes, the shift is still here. Amen? Look at this, Nehemiah 1 verse 9. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though some of you were cast off to the farthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. If you return to me 
If you return me, there's a, there's a shift that happens when we're obedient to God. There's a shift that happens when we fast. How many know that something's going to happen during this time of fasting? I'm believing there's a hope for the shift. If you return to me, he says, even if they were cast out to the farthest place, some of you have some relatives and some family members that are way off. They've been cast way off. The enemy has taken them and scattered them and tried to pull them so far away. Your thing is so far. I can't reach them. They're so far out. You're not talking in a physical location, talking spiritual location, but no matter how far they're out, God is able to pull them back in. God is powerful to do that and he wants to do that and I believe some of it is going to happen through our fasting and praying. I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen for them to dwell. I believe God has chosen Central Church of God for a place for some of your family members to dwell and be and to grow and to minister and we're believing and praying that's going to happen in Jesus' name. They've not gone to too far. God is able to pull them out of the darkness back into his marvelous light. Amen. I want you to see this verse in the new living translation. But if you return to me and obey my commandments and live then, by them, then say then, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored here again. If is in the ship and he is in the then, if we will learn how to be obedient and respond to the, if God is going to do something and that shifting is going to bring a then moment and Jesus Christ, he is in the then moment. God is going to do something, but we've got to be willing to be willing to shift. Uh, Fasting is going to bring a shift. Uh, uh, seeking God is going to bring a shift. And if we do that, then he'll show up and do what he wants to do. Amen. Amen. Think about this again. Fasting brings hope for the ship. Ver- verse 10. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Lord, we begin to declare that you want to redeem people. These are your people and that you want them to serve you. We're not giving up on them. You want to redeem them by your great power. Amen. Some of these, as we talked about last week, some are prodigals and we sung about prodigals this morning. Some of those have known the Lord and they've walked away. Some of them have just been distressed by the the cares of this world. They were part of churches. They may have been a part of this church, but they've gotten away. They still love God, but they're not serving Him to their fullness. And God wants to change that. Amen. How many believes that? That God wants to change that. And so we're calling out God, pull them back in. Pull them back in. You You want to do that. It's not about making the maximum of how many numbers you have. It's about getting people out of there into the into the to, to the kingdom work that God has for us. How many believe that God has a, on a kingdom mandate uh, that His kingdom He wants us His kingdom here on earth to, in this way. Lord, let Your will be done in heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. We want Your will to be done here. Amen. So listen, fasting brings direction and favor to kingdom servants. Fasting brings direction and favor to kingdom servants. Even though I, I serve here at the Central Church of God, I'm not serving the Central Church of God. I'm serving the kingdom of God. All of us are serving the kingdom of God when we're saying, God, use me. Use me. I'm not going to preach on sanctification, but i got to throw this in real quick. Here's what sanctification does. Salvation is saying, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. 
And when you do that, you're saved and you're going to go to heaven. But even right there, you need some more help to be a witness for Jesus Christ. You still have some things that you're, you may be struggling with in, from your previous life, right? At salvation, we're regenerated. We, we are born again. We have a new birth. But, but uh, even in that new birth, uh, if we don't give it all to God, the enemy wants to remind us of what we used to do. And he wants to keep us in some of the things we've done. And so in this time of regeneration, we need a process called sanctification. I need God to cleanse me out of everything. He's forgiven my sins, but now I want to be cleansed of everything that keeps me from being a good witness for him. So here's where I believe sanctification comes in. I believe someone gets that point that I want to be a better witness. I don't want my witness tainted in any way. And so I need to be sanctified of anything that would keep me from saying, yes, I'm a follower after God. I, I, I trust God for everything in my life. And so if your mouth gets you in trouble, you need to be sanctified of that, whether cussing or just being bitter. You got to, you got to walk through that because if it taints your witness, if someone says you're like that and you're a Christian, then there's something going on. We need to be, Hey, I believe you're a Christian because you're like that. Lord, help me. And this is a sanctification process. And so when we're doing this, we're doing it because we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Sanctify us, O Lord. Verse 11, he says, O Lord, I pray, bless, or, or please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cup bearer. He was a servant. But when we begin to fast and we begin to seek God, he's going to give us direction and favor. If you know the story of Nehemiah, we'll unpack it more later on. You find out that God blesses through Nehemiah the people of Israel. They, they're, they're on this place to go back and, and build the, the wall. But it came from a servant's heart. Oh God, give us a servant's heart today. I want to let you know, it's not in the notes, but fasting will give you a servant's heart. Uh, it will put you in the right place. God, I want to bless people, not just take from people. Lord, I want to bless them. I want to see the best for them, oh God. And they will heat. God wants to use servants. Prosperous this day. Grant us mercy, O Lord, to fulfill what you have for us this very hour. So well, let's do the Bible. I want to go to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll look at that in just a moment. I want us to pray this prayer this week. I made it easy for you if you're keeping notes. You don't have to fill in any blanks here. I, I wanted you to be able to Take this all in. But I'm going to break this down. Listen, from this, from this passage, go back even and read Nehemiah chapter 1. See the heart of Nehemiah, what was going on. But pray this, Lord, as I begin this year in fasting and praying for your direction and favor, I pray for the return of prodigal sons and daughters. I pray for the return of brothers and sisters in Christ to the church home you desire for them. All believers need to be safe in the walls of a church and the body of Christ. Can you agree with that this morning? Can you, can you believe that this, this is the desire of God for people to be in the house of the Lord, but he doesn't want to just contain us in the house of the Lord. He wants to set us on fire so we can go out and witness, but you need to be in a church home. You need to be in the, with a body of believers who are praying for you and, and lifting you up and encouraging you. 
You need the friendships and the relationships of the body of Christ. It's, it's healthy to have relationships. Uh, you don't want, God didn't create us to be a lone rangers out by ourselves. Everyone needs a Tonto and you can find Tonto here in church. Uh, you need to be known, noticed, and loved. Yes, I'm going to say it again. You need to be known, noticed, and loved and you need to know, notice, and love other people. That's what we do together as a body of Christ. We need one another. That's a good place for a big amen. So pray this again with me. Say this out loud if you can read it with me. Lord, as I begin this year in fasting and praying for your direction and favor, I pray for the return of prodigal sons and daughters. I pray for the return of brothers and sisters in Christ to the church home you desire for them. All believers need to be safe in the walls of a church and the body of Christ. And you can take out the end because the church is the body of Christ. Lord, help us. So I want to walk through Matthew just real quick. You know the Lord's Prayer, but I want you to bring, walk through a little bit of the context here. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Most of you can quote that. You know that passage. And so as we have done often before, we're like, we can't stop there. We've got to look at the, the next verses. So as you're looking at this this week, I want you to read Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 18. And, and so the, the next verses, this is not the end. Jesus, didn't, even though he said amen, there was still more that he was saying to this prayer. He says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. I've talked about that before. But this is what Jesus has said right after the Lord's Prayer. The disciples, Jesus teaches how to pray. And he teaches them, he gives them this prayer, but he doesn't leave it there. He says, there's more to it than just praying. It's about living. It's about forgiving. And accepting, so if you forgive men, I'll forgive you. If you don't, I won't. That's what he says right there. But he doesn't leave it there. Because the next verse, verse 16, he says, Moreover, I've got something else I'm going to add to this. Here's how you pray. Glorify God. Walk through these things. Forgive men, you'll be forgiven. But I'm not done yet. That's what moreover means yet. I'm not done yet. There's more. When you fast. How many believe that Jesus believed in fasting? What would Jesus do? Fast. That's what he did. That's what he wants us to do as a body of believers. It's, it's not easy, but this is part of our, our, our relationship with Christ. This is part of our walk with him in fasting. He says, when you fast, and he's saying that, meaning that I expect that you're going to do this. Do not be like the hypocrites. Again, there's going to be people who fast, but they do it the wrong way. They, they fast, but they don't, their heart's not in it. They're fasting to be seen, but not really heard. They, 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 they're praying to God, but they're really doing it to be seen by others. He says, when you fast, don't be like these play actors with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be 
fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So they're, they're going to look like they're fasting. They're going to appear like they're fasting, but their, their countenance is also dismayed. They're, they're, they're letting everybody know. So let's make it practical for us. We've given up caffeine. Some of you are addicted to coffee. And you want everybody to know that when you're fasting, because like, oh, I'm struggling right now. I'm having a hard time. I can't. Uh, oh, I would. Uh, I wish I could have. There's a there's a Twix wrapper in the va- in my van right now. I haven't thrown it away. And every time I'm looking at, it, I'm like, why is that there? I'm glad there's nothing in it, because <laughs> that'd be a bigger temptation. But these these are real things that we have to deal with when we're fasting. We, we're, there's a there's a joy when we're doing it together as a body because we are able to encourage one another. But we need to make sure we're staying on the positive side of fasting. Don't complain about what you've given up. That may be what you're feeling, but you've got to overcome those feelings to share those things. It's okay to share feelings, but not that one at that time. You've got to say, God, I'm doing this for you. And, and begin to share the blessings from the fasting, not the pressure from the fasting. Is this okay? Because this is what makes it practical. If we want to apply the Bible to our lives right now, we've got to do these things. And it's hard sometimes. But we want to follow what Jesus is saying. This is what Christ is saying. So the hypocrites, they, 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 they make themselves, they want everybody to know how much agony they are in fasting. They want everybody to know that this is not easy. I had to give this up. Feel sorry for me, right? Is, anybody ever been like that? You want people to feel sorry for you? Jesus saying, hey, step up. Stand up. Change your face. To let everybody know I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm doing this, that God is doing something in me. I, I'm growing in this. Grow in this time. It's like I need coffee to help me get up in the morning. Well, you may have to get up 15 minutes earlier so you got that, that energy that you didn't get from drinking. You may have to change some things. Right? And I'm going to let you know, it's worth it. It is. It's worth it. The spiritual blessings that come. The testimonies that are going to come. It's worth it. Someone say that out loud. It's worth it. Those who are on the hypocrite side, they'll have their rewards. They'll... Some people feel sorry for them. They'll, they'll try to con- give them peace. Oh, you, you can do it. No. Help us, O oh Lord. Let us know that, hey, you're on our side. You're going to give us the strength. Verse 17 and 18. But when you fast, as the praise team is coming back, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to, to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in secret, in a secret place, your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. He'll take care of us. Trust in the Lord at the beginning of this year. He has a plan for us. He has a plan for us. He wants to do something here. We need to pray right now. I'm going to be very bold. There's a distraction in this room. 
when we have a heart of a servant, we need to serve with our whole heart. Everyone in this room, no matter where you're at, we got to serve with our whole heart. Service in every place that we do. Yeah, I'm being bold. I'm not, I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. What I'm saying is something's got to change to move forward. And it comes through prayer and fasting and dedication and giving our heart completely to God. His return is near. Fasting brings concern for the warning. Can I give a warning right now to the body of Christ? If we don't take it serious, if we don't take this relationship with God serious, we're going to miss out on the blessings and the favor of God. He wants to do something for the body of Christ. But the body of Christ has been sleeping. The body of Christ has not been awake to see what God wants to do. They're, we're just as guilty as the people of Israel. If we live back then, we've been taken into Babylonian capti- uh, captivity because people fall away from seeking God. But we've got to seek Him with our whole heart. We've got to press in. It can't be just a Sunday morning experience. It's got to be every day of the week. We've got to be wholeheartedly given to Jesus Christ. I'm not just a Christian on, on a Sunday morning. Every place I go, I've got to show the glory of God. I, I've got to let him be alive in me. Every moment counts. Every moment counts. Every moment in a, in a worship service. We're only here for an hour and a half. For an hour and a half. Put away Facebook. Don't get distracted looking for other things online while you're here in churches. Whether it's in a in a morning worship service, whether it's on a Wednesday night, whether it's in a, a Bible study. I'm being I'm being serious. I know these things go on, and I'm going to just go ahead and let you know it's not right. I don't care where you're at in the building. This is where you need to be. In worship time, I don't want anybody in the foyer. The only people that be in the foyer should be our, our, our security team and they should be out there watching the property. This is not a place just to gather and have conversations. This is a place of worship. And when we're going to serve, serve with your whole heart. We talked about that last week. We've got to serve with our whole heart. If you have a heart issue, you need to take it to God. Check my heart. Check my spirit. And if it's not in line with you, I give you permission, God, to help me correct it. Because how we conduct ourselves matters. Do you know everybody, people watch. Don't run your testimony from doing something Because you're distracted. God protect us. Because if we have that safe place, we know what's going on. If somebody is doing something on the phone, you're not thinking, hey, they may be taking notes. Which is okay. That's what's hard in this day. We use our phones for other things. But I know there's other things that go on. And I'm saying the Spirit of God can't move with distractions. That's what we got to concentrate ourself. That's why I want our, our, our worship team to be able to, at times to be able to join us in, in times of, of worship when God is moving in the altar service. Everybody needs to be, be connected. The, the worship at the beginning of the service is not separate from the, from the sermon. And it's not a part. This is all works together. God is speaking. 
That's why we want to be sensitive to the, to the Spirit of God and His moving as He did this morning praying for our, our children. We want to be sensitive to what God is doing at this moment, at this time. And if we're distracted, we're going to miss what God is saying to us. God help us. And it starts before you get to the house of God. In the morning when you wake up on a Sunday morning, it's not just another day. It's a day of the Lord. When I get up in the morning and my, my mind needs to be on Christ, Lord, what are you going to do today? Begin to pray for the service. Will you, will you do with that with me this, this, this next week? When you wake up, begin to pray, God, I believe you want to do something in this service. You, th- th- those who are watching online may, may hear something that is said here that's going to draw them into the house of the Lord. And I appreciate, I want to say that I appreciate everyone who serves. I'm not trying to be hard on anybody. Please don't take it that way. It's out of heart of love I'm saying this. I don't want you missing wherever you're serving what God is doing. That's why I believe that we need team ministries. I don't want the same people doing the same thing every week because it's easy to get into a, to a lane and forget about why I'm really here. I'm here to seek after God. I think Sister Bethany does a wonderful job leading worship, playing the piano. But I'm also praying there will be times where someone else is able to help her step away from that. Maybe lead a song. Maybe she just wants to step out and sing. There may be a week's like, I just want to be able to rest and, and, and enjoy the service. This is hard work up here, folks. I'm, I'm sharing this with you so you'll begin to pray, Lord, help us. With these, with these ideas of teams because some people are missing out on the, on the, and can I just let you know, it's hard unless you're in the service to really, to get something from the, from the altar service. I've been there. I, I've been, and I've shared this before. I've been at Winterfest where the Spirit of God is moving, but I was a, I was an usher at the back door, standing out just outside the door, just not inside, watching traffic. Even though the Spirit of God is moving in there, I can't engage into the worship because, you know, to get into worship, you've got to be able to give it all, close your eyes, raise your hand. We can't do that when you're trying to keep people from going in without a band on their hand right so what i'm saying is that i understand that it's easy to get to a place that even though i'm here i'm not here my heart is that when you're here that you're able to be here in the presence of god so that means we need more servants i pray for those who are helping in the nursery we need more nursery you hear that all the time why because we need more nursery. That's, that's just a fact but if the same person is in there every week, guess what happens? They're here, but they're not here. Well, don't you play the service? And yeah, we we try to, but it's not the same. Lord, help us in this. This is just my heart as a pastor sharing. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I'm saying I want us to experience. I don't want to miss what God, and I don't want to miss the warnings that He gives us. So as you stand to your feet. Everything that we do is intentional. From the first prayer after the the song, we want to be intentional of praying. From the closing prayer, Christina is going to lead in just a moment. We want our words, our meditation 
to be acceptable to God. Don't you? How many want your words and your heart to be acceptable to God? So that's when we pray, we got to pray with all that we got. So here's how I feel this morning. Normally we have a, a call to come around the altars and my number is on the screen. I, I want to share the gospel. If somebody's watching online, you haven't given your heart to the Lord, you have questions, I want to be there. You, my number's there. Call me and we'll talk. But I want to, everybody, just for a moment, without even singing, just playing what you're doing is fine. I just meditate on the Lord. And in just in a moment, Christina is going to come and lead us in that closing prayer. But for the next couple moments, just standing in, in a place of reverence with our hearts towards heaven. Let's ask God to move on your hearts to receive the word. We prayed it at the beginning, right? Open my ears to hear and my heart to receive. Don't reject the word of the Lord this morning because it may have been uncomfortable for a minute. Receive the word of God to move on your heart because he loves you. One of the first positions of prayer, most people go to a second position of prayer of Lord, help me. The first position of prayer is Lord, I love you and I know you love me. So right now, we're not going to go to a second position of prayer. I want you just to begin to say, Lord, I love you and I know you love me. Can you just meditate on that for a few moments at the close of this service? Just begin to do that. Lord, I love you and I know you love me. Someone needs to hear that. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. He's not given up on you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't pushed you aside. He loves you. He loves you. Go ahead and tell yourself, Jesus loves me. That's one of the first songs that we teach our kids to sing. Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? Because the Bible. Lord, you love us. You love us, Lord Jesus. You love us, Lord Jesus. You love us, Lord Jesus. Just take a moment. Don't rush this. Don't rush this.